One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out Who's to blame? They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the 1858 Bradford Sweets poisoning. Here's what you need to know. Candy, candy, come on, little ones. Lollipops, milk duds, my peppermint lozenges are the best in town. They're perfectly safe. Of all the things one might look forward to in Bradford, England in 1858, a popular peppermint-flavored candy called a humbug from the local sweets shop was usually at the top of the list. Little did anyone know that one fateful Saturday afternoon in October, the same humbugs that had long been sold at William Hardiker's shop were laced with deadly arsenic. 
Hardiker was known in town as Humbug Billy and had no idea he was selling a batch of poisonous candy from his stall. He had ordered the peppermint lozenges, as usual, from a wholesale confectioner named Joseph Neal. Neal, like many confectioners of the time, would often alter the recipe of his sweets in order to produce them at a cheaper rate. Because sugar was the most expensive ingredient, Neal regularly replaced it with a calcium compound known as Terra Alba, or DAFT. On Monday, October 18, 1858, Neal sent one of his lodgers to pick up some daft from Charles Hodgson, a local druggist, in order to fulfill Hardiker's latest order. Hodgson happened to be sick that day, so he asked his assistant, William Goddard, to fulfill Neal's order. Hodgson told Goddard that the daft was in a cask in the attic, but Goddard made a fatal mistake and filled the order from a cask of arsenic instead of daft. Neil went on to make the lozenges with the arsenic, which noticeably altered the color and texture of the candies. After tasting the new batch, Neil and his assistant both became sick, but neither attributed their illness to the candies. Therefore, on Saturday, October 30th, Neil delivered them to Hardiker, who also noticed the color of this latest batch was off. He still accepted the candies, though refused to pay full price. Hardiker also became violently ill after tasting one of the humbugs and left for home, leaving the unknowingly poisonous peppermint candies for sale to the general public. By Saturday morning, reports of sudden deaths were rapidly spreading across town, including several children who had innocently popped the sweet treats that would tragically cut their young lives short. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. A total of 20 people were killed by ingesting the poisonous lozenges, half of them children. Several hundred people fell violently ill in Bradford and as far away as Leeds and Manchester. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello, hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest is comedian and friend Suni Reyes. Hi, Suni. Hola. <laughs> Whoa, wait, what? Oh my God, what? <laughs> what did you say? Oh what, what no, the hell was that? we've made a terrible mistake. Hold on, does she know the podcast is in English? We have Uh-oh. to cancel. We're going to reschedule. Clayton, this is your first day. You didn't explain to me. You didn't tell me this would happen. <laughs> Suni, hi. Say hi to our listeners. Yay, hi, everyone. I can speak English. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God, just a quick. Inglés sin barreras, and she's <laughs> off to the races. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, Suni, um, we're we're so happy to you know have you here today. We you know usually like to start off our show by asking our guest, "What is something that is recently alarming you? What's keeping you up at night?" Hmm. I think dentists. <laughs> okay. Oh. Good one. Oh. <laughs> I think, the global pandemic, but yeah, sure, dentists. Yeah, it's just, you know, exactly that, because the global pandemic uh, didn't allow us to take care of our dental hygiene how we used mm. to. 
and at least in this house, you know, this week has been like, oh, we need to go to the dentist. <laughs> and I took <laughs> and I took my son to the dentist and it was terrifying because they were like, we're going to pull out four teeth because, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, but they're not, there's no, you know, because usually you, when you get your teeth pulled out is because it's a wisdom tooth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is, a, this is a kid and they're baby teeth. And I, it just sounded like a horror movie in my head. And, and I'm just, I'm like, how do we know dentists are good? Like, how do we know they're not, you know, actual murderers? I don't know. Like, it's we just. We need a dentist episode. <laughs> yeah. <Stat. laughs> I mean, supposedly we need to make space for like the big boy teeth. Uh, but I was like, whoa, what's going on? Then my dog broke a tooth a molar. And, you know, it's a whole like tooth situation here. It, um, in my house. So I'm just like skeptical of dentists and do they want to kill us or are they actually helping? Mm, the That's the age old question. I, mean, I really relate to that. I don't know. That just struck was a hit home to me because, you know, that's why it's like, you got to build trust with these people, I guess, right? Mm. You got to <laughs> trust them. But if you go in there and the first go round, they're like, all right, um, unfortunately, you don't deserve your teeth. And <laughs> I, get, I get all the teeth now. Mm. Are you like, okay, I guess I can build my trust off of this guy who's telling me all my teeth need to come out. Right. <laughs> so you, in your, your world, uh, dentists just collect teeth. Whoa. It's not about money. It's yeah. Just about- <laughs> yeah, like where wow. are you? Like the first option is pulling out. Like my dog's <laughs> teeth need to pull be to pulled out. She has two molars that are, apparently are like, you know, not good anymore. We gotta pull them out. And then my my son's teeth, they had to be pulled them out. And I'm like, where are you selling these teeth? Are you selling them in the, you know, black market somewhere where yeah. they want like I don't know. It's not about charging you or your, um, you know, dental insurance or any of that. It's it's more about the black market. Yeah, I think. The, I think yeah. Yeah, but it is a good point. You know, pandemic has caused us not to go to the dentist. We probably have more cavities. It's a vicious cycle. We're all slowly dying, um, and that's a perfect transition. It actually is. It actually <laughs> is. Really this never good. happens. Wow. Zuni set you up. Zuni set you up. I did not plan this at all. This is what friends are for. This is the perfect transition into talking about the Bradford sweets poisoning. Our teeth, okay? Um, No, that's not our teeth. It's a poisoning, but you know, you get what I mean. Mm. Um, And... Wow, we really handed you an actually good transition. I know, and I I really messed it up. Mm. (laughs) You're totally... It's literally impossible. It's impossible. (laughs) Candy, teeth. Candy teeth. Here we go. What gives you cavities? I could have just said it. that. <laughs> it's like a spoonful of sugar for you. Come on, yeah. take it. Uh, so let's start. I kind of wanted to start off by uh, doing a history of Bradford, the town. Let's get us in the mood. Let's get us into 1858. Um, in the late 1850, 18th century and early 19th century, Bradford grew very rapidly. In 1780, it had a population of about 4,500. 500 people. By 1801, it had more than 6,000 inhabitants. By 1851, the population of Bradford had reached an incredible 103,000 people. The huge rise in population was partly due to immigration from Germany and Ireland. However, like all industrial cities in those days, Bradford was dreadfully unsanitary. 
1848 to 49, 420 people died during a cholera epidemic. Um, at the turn of the 19th century, it's, you know, it's, it's a small market town and, uh, uh, Wool is spinning and cloth weaving was carried out in local cottages and farms. By 1841, there were 38 worsted mills in Bradford uh, and 70 in the borough. And it was estimated that two thirds of the country's wool production was processed in Bradford. So, uh, of course, less than 10 years later, Bradford has become the wool capital of the world. Um, so, and as we know, where there's fat, you know, fashion industry is one of the most toxic pollutants. Get it up on the board. I get it. It's on the board. <laughs> but I'm serious, you know, uh, everything that goes into the, the processing, I don't know how you process wood, but it will, but y- you know, the, the water usage, the the toxins in in the dye, which at the time, fact checker Chris, maybe you can look this up. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> in eighteen in the eighteen fifties, the 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 ink that was used for fabric was much more toxic than it is now. So this is ha- this is like going on in the water. I guess it's not totally related, but we're we're kind of getting a feel. You know, I feel like we can just put. I mean, just. From that whole description, it just seems like olden days should be on the board, right? Like this is just like old times where we're doing old weird things. So obviously well, bad things are going to happen. I mean, that, but also I think this this was a common thing in England, which is these in, these industrial cities that, that blew up and they their living conditions in them was mm. like, a, that was a theme in the mid 1800s yeah. that resulted in a, a lot of, you know, regulations came out of that. And, and you know, it was just a disaster, these, these, um, these cities. So... Olden, yes, but specifically... Uh, industrial Revolution, olden times. I mean, you could throw the Industrial Revolution up there, but also like um, cities growing too fast. That was, was some, wasn't that one of ours? Um, uh, one we love to do. One we love to do. <laughs> I mean, I would blame the royals, you know. Mm, oh. Sure. <laughs> Just <laughs> what about olden industrial rapid expansion days? I do love wow. that. I love it. Mm. Um, Clayton really needs to get that olden in there, which is, I respect. You got a problem with that? You feeling old or something? (laughs) Triggered. 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 (laughs) I am. I am. I'm getting to a point where I am that old that I'm getting a little triggered by. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. So let's also talk about the history of sugar. This is really interesting. Before sugar ruled the world, honey was queen. Basically, any part of Europe, Africa, or Asia that isn't covered in ice has bees, and thus honey. The first chemically refined sugar appeared on the scene in India about 2,500 years ago. From there, the technique spread eastwards towards China and west towards Persia and the early Islamic worlds, eventually reaching the Mediterranean in the 13th century. Cyprus and Sicily became important centers for sugar production. Throughout the Middle Ages, it was considered a rare and expansive spice rather than an everyday condiment. So get 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 a hold of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, uh, you know, sugar is like, I don't know, a dollar a pound or something. It's in everything. We can't like, yeah, there's too many places to put it. But back then it was rare. So the first place to cultivate sugar cane explicitly 
for large-scale refinement and trade was the Atlantic island of Madeira. During the late 15th century, then it was the Portuguese who realized that the new and favorable conditions for sugar plantations existed in Brazil, where a slave-based plantation economy was established. When Brazilian sugarcane was introduced in the Caribbean shortly before 1647, it led to the growth of the industry, which came to feed the sugar craze of Western Europe. In 1791, the British Parliament fails to pass the Slave Trade Abolition Bill, which leads to an abstention movement. Abolitionists boycott slave-grown sugar, and the movement increases the demand for slave-free sugar grown in India. American abolitionists also try to avoid Caribbean-grown sugar, turning to the maple sugar industry. Okay, by 1750, there were 120 sugar refineries operating in Britain, but these could only produce 30,000 tons of sugar per year. So prices were very high. Vast profits were made in the sugar trade to the extent that sugar was called white gold. The government recognized this and taxed it highly. In the 18, in 1815, the tax raised from sugar in Britain was a staggering 3 million pounds. So it's like, uh, it's like the tax we put on alcohol and now weed, mm. all that kind of stuff. They were putting it on sugar. Um, so this is, at the time, the price of sugar... And fact checker Chris, maybe you can uh, look this up. The price of sugar in eighteen in the eighteen fifties in Britain, uh, I think, was something like I don't know, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's what my facts are. Yes, actually, that is a lot. Exactly, a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> well, I was looking up synthetic dyes while you were talking about sugar. So oh, I'm a okay. Step behind, but I'll get I'll get to the sugar too. So it's a hot, it's a hot commodity right now in, in the world. And so let's put sugar up on the board just be, because of its um, addictive qualities. As we all know, it's a, it was treated like a drug at this time. And it's still a, a drug that is uh, for children. And uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a drug of choice. <laughs> For children. <laughs> it's every kid's first addiction. Oh. It really is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Now, we're going to put the wholesale supplier, Joseph Neal. Now, let's, let's, get, let's get specific. Okay? Kay. Let's do it. <laughs> Jillian London says, Neal and his assistant unknowingly used the arsenic when making Hardiker's peppermint lozenges. Although both Neil and his assistant thought that the color and texture of the lozenges was off, and although both became ill from near or tasting the lozenges, uh, neither of them thought that anything was wrong with the lozenges or attributed their sickness to the lozenges. The Bradford Observer, November 6th, 1858, this is a newspaper at the time, says, uh, John Edmondson said, I was there at the time. Mr. Neal brought four bags of lozenges to deliver to Hardiker. Mr. Neal said that the color was not so good as usual. I should be doing this with a British accent. Uh, oh, please. Please no. do. 
<laughs> Please do. No, we have way too many listeners over there. <laughs> I will be shamed. That was not an accurate accent. In Bradford, we don't speak like that. And also, that lady doesn't sound like it either. It's just... <laughs> okay, a great take. I'm going to have that. Suni actually do the accent. <laughs> Uh, but the, the quality was equally good. That's what that's what they said. Hardiker began to hesitate, and Mr. Neal then said that the size would, was not such as he usually sold, and that sooner th- uh, than have them thrown on his hands, he would take a little less for them. Uh, Ooh, what a what a like dig! Like f- fine, I'll take them, but not as much. It's like <laughs> he a got slight. A, he got a discount. Mm-hmm. These were dis- This was discounted poison. Unbelievable. Neil then goes on to say, I was ill after eating the lozenges. See, I'm trying. Nice. I vomited several times. I vomited all night. And yet my suspicions were not excited that there was anything wrong. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If these people were alive today, they'll be anti-maskers. We'll totally be like, it's not COVID. It's not COVID. <laughs> That's a fun parallel. <laughs> so this guy knew that these things had uh, the arsenic in it. Absolutely, I know he didn't know, but he knew that he was sick from them, mm. and that they looked weird. It's like Wait. if this were a head of lettuce, mm-hmm. you would know instantly there's something wrong because it'd be like brown and wilted. But like because it's candy, you can kind of disguise. You know, I mean, they didn't know, but it's just like I guess it's just a burnt batch of sugar this time or whatever. Wait, but you think he knew he, he got sick from them or he was just like, I'm just, you know, I just had something, you know, something didn't sit well in my stomach. I don't know what it is. Like, mm. do you think I'm not trying to do a British accent? Do not even try to come after me. Uh, I, I literally don't know if he knew that he got sick from the candy. He sounds well, like he a good didn't. Question. I mean, it's a good question, Suni, um, because if you here's how I think like, OK, so I'm in the kitchen and I'm making a batch of candies or cookies or whatever you call it. And I always make these cookies. But today they look um, underbaked or uh, maybe they're turning, you know, a uh, 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 pinkish reddish color Mm. (laughs) they're usually the the fluffy doughy you know cookies i always make i but i eat them anyway i'm like you know what who cares and then i get i'm violently ill i don't know i would i would think back to the night and be like what was different what did i do differently that day yes right absolutely it sounds like they didn't know he probably wasn't I don't know. Or he didn't want to lose money right. on this, the, the money he'd just, already spent on the sugar and daft that he made the candy. So he's like, they're fine. I just was ill. So just sell the crap and get my paycheck. Yeah, I think that that's true. It's it's the kind of thing where you use selective reasoning because your your own finances are at stake here. So no. capitalism's going up. We'll just put Okay, well, we can put capitalism. <laughs> yes, and I just yes, want to say please. that that was also our listener recommendation. <gasps> Uh, the yes, the alarmy is all about Clayton um, and his agenda. <laughs> Maybe the uh, listeners are all just me with different profile names saying it's possible. Like, it's oh, possible. I never thought no. That. <laughs> it's terrible. No, this is this is Josette Ciara, 
And uh, she's said capitalism, and she has a whole list of reasons that we've already uh, discussed. You know, there's 120 sugar refineries operating in Britain, um, 300 tons of sugar they're producing. Prices are high. Britain puts a stupid tax uh, on it. <laughs> so, you know, she has, she's being judgmental about um, uh, I approve. The, the tax. I approve. <laughs> I approve Thank you, just this set. message. Thank you, Josette, for the judgment. And yes, so so essentially everything is 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 leading back to capitalism is what Josette said. And again, so the royals on the, board. the royals started this whole thing. Okay, so talk to <laughs> us about, about the, the royals. Yes. Yeah, give us a Second give time. us some <laughs> Listen. Make your case. They just truly uh, first of all rule the world and colonize the entire world and just make colonization right. so popular. And then with it, they made, uh, you know, <laughs> so much money off of slavery. And then the, they were just like, okay, we cannot do slavery anymore because abolition has happened. So I'm just going to throw some taxes out there. And it just seems like <laughs> it's a however way they could make money, right? Like they just they just wanted to make so much money. And then they kicked Meghan Markle out of the palace. So <laughs> yeah, a few it, things happened in between. In between, just oh, okay, just like one or two though. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much. I, I think that summary is generally a risk. I mean, it, you get perfect. it. You get the. Yeah, I get it. I think you make a really good point, and I do think that we should put the royals up and their colonizing ways, mm-hmm. uh, because it is she. She's right. You know, it's it's almost like they used slavery to produce all of this sugar for them. And then, you know, once slavery was abolished, they still need their drug. Right. So here come the taxes. Now, I, I think we got it. We have a list of other people that we need to put mm-hmm. up on the board. Um, the sweets vendor. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who actually sold the candy. His mm-hmm. name was Humbug Billy. And this is according to Jillian London. Hardiker thought that the color of the lozenges was off when he received the order on October 30th. Uh, and he would only agree to pay a lower price than originally agreed upon. Yet he also did not question their purity. After tasting the lozenges himself, Hardiker became violently ill and left for home. Another guy. <laughs> he leaves. The lozenges remain at his market and they're sold to unknowing and helpless buyers that uh, fateful Saturday afternoon. Everything is then traced back to that that store. Unbelievable. I wonder if... Food poisoning was like so popular back then because there were no refrigerators. I don't know where there refrigerators. Good point. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Because they were just like, I'm violently ill. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. And it's like, that's food poisoning. And what is going on? You're poisoned by something that you ate. <laughs> we have it now. And there's like, you know, a national campaign to recall everything that people are eating. I, I think that's a very interesting concept to think that people are so used to just getting sick that they wouldn't assume it was right. a specific ingredient. It was just like a general thing that happened to them. Yeah. What you would you ba- call it? The commonality of food poisoning? Bad poisoning? old bad olden food. Bad old. Like <laughs> Chris, way to really olden. reclaim olden for yourself. <laughs> yes. You know what? I just realized I'm an olden guy. And, <laughs> and uh, you know what? I might as well embrace it. Right. I just have a quick question, Chris. We asked you to look up two facts. Have you been able to come up with uh, any of them? Well, in 1860, I got the average retail price of sugar, which is eight cents a pound. Mm. Um, comparable. It's pretty, actually, pretty cheap. Um, eight cents a pound. Yeah. Are you because sure? But back I'm then, eight at cents was a lot. Money, average right? retail price. Yeah. What is of what is eight cents? 
Like so, eight cents. Okay, so a pound of okay, so a pound of cornmeal was two cents. A pound of flour, three cents. A pound of tea was f- fifty cents. Tea is usually expensive yeah. per pound. Mm. Yeah, molasses fifty cents. So it's actually relatively cheap. Syrup sixty cents. Well, but what is? Can you uh, find out the equivalent of eight cents? Like what? What's um. 1858 what's eight cents to modern day like that yeah inflation backseat these backseat fact checkers always yelling at me in the driver's seat like hey buddy uh well you're telling us eight cents you know i know i'm gonna estimate like three dollars that's my estimation okay yeah let's let's do a poll i i think it's like in the 30s i think it's like 30 bucks wow a pound yeah what do you think clay I'm going to say Price is Right rules 29. <laughs> <laughs> well, while uh, Chris is, is, is figuring that out, let's put um, the druggist assistant, William Goddard, up on the board. Ooh. Yes. Mr. Burningston, one of the detectives, began pursuing the source of the sudden deaths and illnesses. First, he visited William Hardiker, who was suffering in, from eating one of his own lozenges. Then he visited the wholesale supplier who told him he had sold for uh, who had uh, told him that 40 pounds of sugar had been mixed with 12 pounds of daft. And we'll get to daft sold to him by the druggist Hodgson. Uh, when Berninston arrived at Hodgson's, the young assistant William Goddard reported to be a, reported to be a youth was there. The Bradford Observer, again the newspaper from 1858, says that Detective Berninston said, "I asked him if he had sold any Terra Alba a week ago, the previous Monday." Goddard said, "Do you mean Daft?" I said, "Yes." Goddard at once said, yes, I sold 12 pounds of daft to a young man who came from Bradford. I said, have you any left? He immediately took me upstairs and there in a garret, he pointed out a cask from which he had taken the 12 pounds of it. Mr. Neal took some uh, took some in his fingers and said, this is not daft. Neal knew at once from the touch when he examined it that this was not uh, daft. Goddard then told me that his master was ill at the time he delivered the article. He asked him where he could find the daft, and he told him that he would find it in the corner of the room. He went there, as he supposed, and he weighed 12 pounds of it from the cask and delivered it for daft. While we were trying to find whether there was a label on the cask, Mr. Hodgson came in, and I immediately said to him, calling his attention to the cask, Mr. Hodgson, what what does it contain? And he immediately replied, arsenic. I found that the daft was in an opposite corner of the room from where the arsenic was. (laughs) The coroner said that there seemed to be no question about this being a mistake. The simple question would be, had there been ordinary care manifested with regard to the arsenic? Mm -hmm. If there had not been such an ordinary care, then the act will be a criminal one. Mm -hmm. So for the record, Goddard was immediately arrested uh, prosecution was later withdrawn, so not. It was an not oopsie, a, forgive, a forgivable oopsie days. Wow. Well, I mean, at the time it was forgivable, uh, but I think nowadays, oh my god, this is an unforgivable oopsie. <laughs> You're days. done. Well, we talk we talk about this a lot. Um, it's negligence is just as bad as as ha- ha- or not just as bad, but is mm-hmm. a version of bad. Yeah, and let's talk about this druggist. 
Hodgson. Well, hang on a second. Okay, we, yes. I, 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 before you go into, I mean, because I feel like we just read a passage from like a really lame uh, Sherlock Holmes or something. <laughs> like a fad. <laughs> and then I found Bored. out that it was arson. <laughs> Not a British accent. Again, I'm just making voices. No. Exactly. I just want to circle back to um, the price of sugar so yeah. people know. Does anybody want to guess? Because I did the we calculations. We did. We did. We guessed. All right. What were your guesses? Thirty twenty nine and what did you say, Suni? Eight dollars. Yeah, it's not. I, I think I said three or five. Oh, I don't three. even know. The Something less than of, ten. Less than less 10. than ten. You said thirty. I said thirty. <laughs> Jeez. No, it's it's Suni's close. It's two dollars and seventy two cents. <laughs> there you go. Okay. See. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I I thought I read that. <laughs> Sugar was really expensive. Anyway, Rebecca doesn't buy sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to write in and uh, tell us about the price of... Yeah, I'd be curious to know the significance of those facts. I mean, we might be... A guest expert might be necessary to sort of contextualize all that for us. Now, druggist Hodgson... According to the Bradford Observer, uh, Detective Bernson, there was one great fault on the part of Hodgson. He knew that he had left the cask exposed in the manner and without a label. Mm. The young man had been only three weeks in Mr. Hodgson's service, and he had no practice at all in the trade. Labels, put <laughs> no, labels up jar on the board. labels, yes. definitely. Yeah, and not paying. Uh, you know, he he got cheap labor, right? This mm-hmm. was not someone who was. Uh, uh, trained in any way, mm-hmm. you know, it's like being, he was a cheap druggist. Mm. Like, get get someone who's qualified and pay a livable wage. Mm. He was know? like the original Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson oh, & Johnson is not happy with that comparison, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just basing this on vaccines. That's no, all I'm doing. You are totally making this, bringing this into the present day. Yeah, yeah. This is great for our listeners. Um, Liverpool Mercury says that this terrible catastrophe disclosed a reckless and stupid negligence in the traffic in deadly poison, which is a disgrace to law and civilization. We fear that there are plenty of druggists all over England who keep lads in their shops as ignorant as Goddard is said to be and who allow the most active of poison to be freely retailed by boys who cannot tell arsenic from plaster of Paris. Raw youths fresh from school costs less than educated and competent shopmen and unscrupulous or thoughtless employers pressed hard, perhaps by competition, prefer the cheap article. Mm Mm-mm. So following uh, Goddard's arrest, Hodgson was later arrested. And, of course, he was acquitted on December uh, 21st. This reminds Mm -hmm. me of uh, the Action Park episode we talked about where they would hire security, but they would just be these teenagers Mm -hmm. who would just party along with the rest of the guests of the water park. Again, capitalism. It goes back to capitalism. You just want to make the most with spending the least and you don't care about people. (laughs) <laughs> it's just bingo like, right not sustainable that's not uh, sustainable. it's totally not and i think i also want to put on the the like the lack of security of mm. poison you know <laughs> just poison <laughs> laying around are, yeah where is the lock and key <laughs> I, I but seriously yeah but seriously if you're gonna have poison i don't know make sure it's labeled that's a good idea. This right? goes back to olden days. It's just like everyone was too casual. They thought nothing would go wrong. Yeah, it's I like mean, 
putting water next to Clorox. Like, what are you doing? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in unmarked jars. In, yes. you, know, like, um, you know, drink something and yeah. <laughs> figure it out later. <laughs> and then people are drinking it. It's like, doesn't smell like water. And you're like, it's fine. Just give me 50 cents less for oh, the cup of water. Capitalism <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot that I had. Uh, OK, so the price of sugar is high. I did have a section on the price of sugar. Mm. And, and perhaps uh, as the price of sugar was so prohibitive, it was often mixed with cheaper substance substances as daft. And then this inferior sugar would be sold to the working classes. Classic. 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 Daft was a mixture of substances such as powder, powdered limestone, and plaster of Paris. Not tasty, but perfectly safe. (laughs) Both daft and arsenic trioxide are white powders. The arsenic trioxide was not properly labeled, as we know, uh, and was just stored next to the daft. Wow. 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 That is a nightmare. I mean, I'm glad to find out the origins of uh, the band Daft Punk. I had no idea. (laughs) I think the word has changed in meaning. Oh, really? I was like, oh, look at Daft Punk. Bring it back. (laughs) But I think it's used in in England, and some of our listeners in the Alarmy can tell tell us about uh, Daft. But Daft, I think, means sort of like frivolous and sort of like Mm. foolish. Mm -hmm. And I think there's there's a comp there where it's like... It it's really like a nothing, right? It's, it's like a, it, so. It's know, a fool's sugar that they're they're mixing. Yeah, no, exactly. Right, I guess, yeah. That, and I, I think that, that, that no, sense. I'm really, I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm. It's like the high corn syrup of the time, maybe. Mm. Oh, like like there she not. goes, I mean, <laughs> bringing it back to the current. <laughs> Are you being daft? She's our pop culture uh, uh, go-to. Right. Yes. Amazing. Again, she's not a on DJ purpose, for but... pop culture. Um, Are you being Daft Punk? <laughs> but I, I, there's two more things I want to talk okay, about before we um, we start knocking things off the list. Oh my gosh. The dehumanization of the poor. Okay, mm-hmm. because this is something that they they used this plaster of Paris or Daft, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. to for the for the candy for the the stuff that was sold to the the working class people of the town i'm sure if you were making a a, a little candies for the queen mm-hmm. a, um mm-hmm. suni mm-hmm. uh you wouldn't put daft in your candy exactly batch, exactly right no. suni no. would put the arsenic in there exactly. on purpose. <laughs> full arsenic <laughs> oops it wasn't labeled so I just feel like, you know, this is something we've seen before. We saw it in the Flint water crisis. Exactly. Um, you know, if, if if rich people are dying, then there's an outrage. Or if people, if if they're getting sick, there's an outrage. But if if it's the, the working class, it's like, oh, well, uh, it was a mistake. Let those guys off the hook. Right. right. They're, they're sturdy. They'll figure it out. Right. Yeah, I mean, remember vitamin water? We're giving vitamin water to the poor, and it was no vitamins in it. Like they literally like did a research, and vitamin water had no vitamins in it. That's a case of a label that's not correct. That's messed up. It's insane. Can we put Fifty Cent up on the board? He Ooh. owns a large share of vitamin water. <laughs> oh wow! 
Um, okay, I guess. <laughs> Are there vitamins and vitamin water? If you put him, you gotta put Coca-Cola because I think they make it and the sand is also not real water. We're, we're gonna put vitamin water up, but I also <laughs> want to put adulteration of food. Ooh. So in the 19th century, food adulteration was the rule rather than the exception. While there were movements toward reform at the time of the Bradford sweets poisoning, the English public was often thought to be apathetic on the topic of adulteration. This is according to Noel Coley, uh, The Fight Against Food Adulteration. Mm. And it says, some of the commonly used additives in the 19th century were poisonous. To whiten bread, for example, bakers sometimes added alum and chalk to the flour. For mashed potatoes, plaster of Paris, pipe clay, and even sawdust could be added to increase the weight of their loaves. Rye flour or dried powdered beans could be used to replace wheat flour, and the sour taste of stale flour could be disguised with ammonium carbonate. Mm-mm. Brewers, too, often added mixtures of bitter substances, some containing poisons like stri- strychnine? Strychnine. strychnine to improve the taste of the beer and save in the cost of hops. By the beginning of the 19th century, the use of such substances in manufacturing Manufactured foods and drinks was so common that town dwellers had begun to develop a taste for adulterated foods and drinks. White bread and bitter beer were in great demand. So people are like, you know what? I like this messed up stuff. Unbelievable. <laughs> Chemist Frederick Acum was the first to sound the alarm about food adulteration in 1820. Acum remarked that the art of counterfeiting and adulteration had developed mm. in England to such an extent that spurious articles of all kinds could be found everywhere. But he regarded the adulteration of food and drink as a criminal offense. The man who robs a fellow subject of a few shillings on the highway is sentenced to death, he wrote. But he who distributes a slow poison to the whole community escapes unpunished. Mm-hmm. How wow. about that? Mm-hmm. How about that? I mean, we haven't learned anything because apparently we're still doing the same thing. I mean, we're still the, doing it. The things that we're putting in, you know, like chicken, apparently they were bleaching the chickens so they would look white. They White oh. chicken. Like everyone wanted to just eat white chicken and apparently they literally put Clorox in it. And we we haven't learned anything. Oh, the, mm. the royals, they taught us everything we know, and they have destroyed everything. Mm. <laughs> so is there anything else that we want to put up on the board before we start knocking things off? I do just want to add that I did do a little bit of research on uh, the fashion industry uh-huh. at this time. Mm. And just a note is that what's interesting and what happened was what you're talking about is the synthetic dyes sort of became Mm -hmm. popular. And then that would sort of democratize fashion in a way where people who used to be able to afford high fashion could only afford these natural dyes or whatever, or clothing made with these natural dyes, which is a much longer laborious process. They made these synthetic dyes. Now everybody could have a bright, Green right, uh, you can. You, your wow. dress doesn't have to be brown all the time. I don't know what it has to do with uh, selling poison candy to little kids, but it, <laughs> it was definitely something that I spent the majority of the podcast looking at. So <laughs> obsessed. I should, you know, I don't know. I. You know I what I just that... thought of? Like we're, this, these are not even like cookies or like, not even like a lollipop. These are like peppermint lozenges. Mm. Like who? In the world, thought these 
Hall's lozenges were like good candy for kids. Like they, they, these mm -hmm. were like a commodity for kids. Kids will love the minty flavor of this thing because yeah. they're, I don't know. It was, it's well, kind of like, it should not be a candy flavor. Peppermint is just for people over 50. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, but the, wait I a minute. One. The no, dental industry? What do you mean? <gasps> Well, the fact that, you know, people wanted peppermint because it made their fresh breath because they weren't brushing their teeth because it was mm. ye olden days. Mm. Okay, so That's the dentists good. come back. Okay. That's possibly. I would also just say sh shitty candy. <laughs> shitty shitty candy <laughs> okay. at the time. I mean, think about all the great options for candy we have these days. Yeah. If the um, only I'm gonna, I'm going to shitty candy. I'm going to share this word because I feel like we've gone a little over. So I'm going yes. to move us right along. Okay. So let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to start knocking things off the list. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Who's to blame for the 1858 Bradford Sweets poisoning? The fashion industry? Olden industrial rapid expansion days? <laughs> Sugar? <laughs> Capitalism? The royals and their colonizing ways? Humbug Billy? Bad olden food? Neil Joseph Neal? 
Druggist assistant William Goddard. Druggist Hodgson. No labels. What the F? Cheap labor slash pay a livable wage. Lack of security for poison. Dehumanization of the poor. 50 cent for owning part of vitamin water or <laughs> the adulteration of food. Sunny, <laughs> can you see the list? I shared it on the screen. Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, really good list we've done. Really good work we've done, people. Um, I'm proud. I'm I think proud. I, I am too. I think that we can mm-hmm. put no labels. Mm-hmm. We can fold that Ooh, into yeah. lack of security go, for poison. Go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm doing go shorty. It's your birthday. Lack of regulation. It's your birthday. Lack of regulation. Um, Where are we seeing this? Oh, oh. Lack of security for point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we can fold that into that. Um, We can keep that on. The, the, let's see here. Bad olden food. I mean, it's, that is actually really a good point. You know, it's just like everyone is just used to being sick all the time. Sugar, the sugar addiction. Mm. that's a good Mm. one as well perhaps we should take out the industrial the rapid expansion the olden industrial rapid expansion days i think this is a little bit more yeah this is a bit more more, that's like more macro than it is yes Mm -hmm. and perhaps we can take the fashion industry off as well oh sorry for being toxic and i like how uh Clayton pointed out here, but not Britney toxic. Yes, she's free. Clayton's added a little comment to almost all of these uh, blame. It's my flair. It's my flair. So, yeah, just, you know, okay. the royals and their colonizing ways that should stay up for just a bit. Um, all the people who were involved in this humbug, Billy. Joseph Neal, the druggist uh, assistant, and druggist Hodgson. It's like the guilty guilty parties or something. Mm. It's like they all it, it, that tornado of like just total ineptitude had to kind of all come together in order for it to happen. So it seems like it's hard to pinpoint one person. Although the the druggist who was like, "Oh, it's in the different thing without the label," like he's more. I feel like right. yeah, like the the one that put these two containers in the same place without the labels, because the assistant probably didn't didn't know didn't it's know, not his fault. and he was probably underpaid and was like fuck this job, you know, like <laughs> was not happy to go down to the basement or whatever this was, maybe the attic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The guy, the owner, listen. Yeah, so let's keep the druggist Hodgson up on the board and we can take out the other guys. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, Now, uh, 50 Cent is still up on the board for owning <laughs> vitamin water. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the guys who actually were part of this are have been removed from the list. Before. 50 listen, Cent is still up there. <laughs> listen, remove him before. We'll take him down. We'll take him down. Before people start asking for that to be a, an, its own episode <laughs> how vitamin water became you know um, okay so cheap labor labor paying a livable wage I think we can take out the dehumanization of the poor okay. actually for because I think it's 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 more than that um, yeah it's the royals it's the royals that. it's truly the royals <laughs> so and their colonizing way I 
I, I think we can take the Royals off, Sunni. I know that you're going to be really upset. I'm upset. I'm done. Bye. Everyone. But definitely some blame. I, I do agree that they have... a. I mean, you're, you're you're at the top. You're ultimately in charge, right? So these yeah, are the they're the archi- architects of this. <laughs> they did I deserve think. to be up on the board. Mm-hmm. Sugar itself is still up there for being so addictive. I think we can take sugar off, right? Is yeah. It, is, is it their fault that they're no. so good? Is it is it sugar's fault that it's so sweet? No. Well, then you have to go back to who discovered sugar, right? And so mm. they should. But that's board. the thing. Like sugar was a plant, and cane sugar was great, and it was like right. a fun thing to have to hydrate yourself. And then they just freaking turned it into poison, just like yeah. cocaine yeah. and and weed. Hmm. <laughs> and we know what that points to. <laughs> used it to make money. Exactly. exactly. It's not the plant's fault. It's not the plant's fault. We've got a really good list right now. And I'm uh, here it is. <clears throat> Capitalism, the bad olden food, uh druggist Hodgson, cheap labor or or not paying a livable wage, and adulteration of food. Adulteration of food to me is really standing out. Mm. See, because but I that does fold in capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's true. It is true. But I would have kept the royals instead of cheap labor because they created <laughs> they created the cheap labor. Oh, that's such a good point. Maybe they. That's need a, a really slap. good point. So let's take the cheap labor off. Okay. Um, and and I I apologize. We should have taken that off before the royals. <laughs> Um, and I think, you know, I, I think the, the just the being used to olden uh, food, uh, bad olden food, is actually folds into the adulteration mm-hmm. of food. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So we've got capitalism, the druggist, and adulteration. And I, here's what I'm thinking, and you tell me what you think. I think we should send adulteration of food to the alarmist jail and slap the druggist Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I, uh... Wait, but uh, but uh, adulteration of food. Uh, it it's about how you took the 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 purest form of the food of the item, and then you added things that did not belong into it. Right. That's what we're yes. we're talking about. Yeah. Correct. Because the which I would say folds into capitalism. Mm-hmm. Call me biased. Well, but like this, you, don't, you do that because you want to make mm-hmm, more money, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's 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 sort of like you know, it's an extension of yes, making margins and making more money, right? But it's a very specific, um, you know, Practice, you're, you're lying yeah. to the public in a very specific and intentional way. You're yeah. saying you're saying you're capitalism. selling them. You're saying yes, yes, but it's a very. But I want my point is that it's. I don't know if we want to nail for this particular yeah. tragedy what part of capitalism is sure. most to blame. Okay, I like that. I, that um, makes sense. To I, me. I listening to you guys talk has actually changed my mind, and I think this this might be where you were going with this Sunni, like the adulteration of 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 food. So it's like adding other things, and in this particular uh, uh, case. It, they were adding daft, which, mm-hmm. in all fairness, it doesn't taste good, but it's not. It, it won't kill you it's not per poison, se, right? Right. And the and the actual mistake happened because of the druggist. the The problem was arsenic, mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the mm. mix up of the arsenic. So I'm actually thinking that I want to change my what I just said <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and send the druggist to jail mm. and mm. slap adulteration of food. Mm. That feels more uh, comfortable for me. Okay. I mean, I, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I like the adulteration of food being involved in the in the ultimate, in some way, in the in the in the ultimate uh, yeah. verdict. So it's fine for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you guys think? For me, and the drugs will say, "I did it because of capitalism." <laughs> and soon you will get really, that. In. You are really singing my song. So. Yeah, she's definitely a member of the alarm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna call it. Adulteration of food. You're getting the big slap. Druggist Hodgson. You're going to the alarmist jail. Pack your drugs. <laughs> we got a new favorite inmate. Oh my god, oh. we we put a drug dealer into the jail. Wow. <laughs> Good job. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh my god! And no one lost their teeth, you know. No one really. No, they just lost their life. (laughs) You don't need teeth if you don't have a life. (laughs) You don't need to eat. (laughs) Listen, give the kids all the candy. I mean, it's just let them live. Just don't put arsenic in it. That's right. Let them live. Um, I mean, thank you so much, Suni, for joining us and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for this terribly sad uh, mix you know unnecessary tragedy the bradford sweets poisoning Uh, unreal but also i am so grateful that it happened because i would have not been here if it didn't happen that's right bringing it to the present (laughs) (laughs) a positive present spin i'm just kidding i am truly sorry for everyone that died and uh it's crazy but i hope we learn our lesson and I love our conversation, and and this was truly awesome. Thank you so much, Arla. <laughs> Alarmy, thank you. Thank you, Suni. Don't mess with people's food. That's right. The year after the tragedy in Bradford, the bill to regulate the keeping and sale of poisons was passed, requiring all poisons to be sold in containers distinctly labeled with the word POISON in large capital letters. In addition, the name and address of the person selling the poison would be on the container. In 1860, the first Food Adulteration Act was passed, though it didn't prove successful. Later legislation, including the Sale of Food and Drugs Act of 1875 or the Margarine Act of 1887, and the Second Food Adulteration Act of 1899 led to considerable improvements in regulating food products and ensuring this fatal mistake would not be made again. you think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the death of natalie wood
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.